Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. Blokes are, are gross. Let me start there. There's so many men I know that don't wash their hands when they leave the toilet. I, I, it's just disgusting. So I, nowadays I have to have something over my hands when I hold the toilet door. I don't know if you're like that. I am like that. Um, Oh, we had a really bad one where Alfie, when he was little, he used to have to climb onto the toilet because he was small, and he ran ahead of me to a public loo, climbed onto a toilet which a man had just left and had like urinated all around the seat. So my boy has got his hands in this man's pee, and I'm like, and I just I lost it. So I shouted after him, "You tramp! <laughs> you scruff! You dosser!" And he just kept walking. But worst of all, he was there when I left the toilet. Him and his mates were outside. And I uh, thought, well, I'm going to have to just carry on now. So I just said, mate, that is disgusting. My little lad put his hands in your pee. Are you okay with that? And he actually looked a bit embarrassed. And that's, that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> just before we talk about Jesus now, he includes the people that are dirty and brings him in. We had... Um, we. <laughs> We, we have all sorts of guys that used to come to the church that we planted in Openshaw and um, sometimes we do like bring and share meals, you know, where everybody would bring food. I don't know if Ellie remembers this one, but there was one particular Sunday where, you know, when you gather people that uh, all sorts of people from the community, there were people there who had significant hygiene problems, similar to myself. And, um, and uh, one of the people, one of the, one of the leaders in the church said, oh, maybe it'd be really handy if if we could label who made the food, um, so then people could, and I'm like, nah, I am not into that, because there was two bolognese, right, there was two spaghetti bolognese like bowls, one of them made by the, the church's best chef, everybody wanted that one, and then there was a bowl made by somebody else that was less desirable, and they were like, maybe you could put on there, no, I'm not into that. But there was a guy who came to our church who, who um, needed significant help with, with his kind of hygiene problems, but he'd, he'd come to church with a bright blue cake that he'd made. So it, that didn't need a label because it was bright blue. And uh, it, it was like, it was his pride and joy and he kind of placed it on the pudding section of the table. And uh, everybody got on and helped themselves. The bolognese, both bolognese's went, which was great. And, uh, and then like, the dessert, by the end of the desserts, the blue cake was still completely intact. No one had touched the cake. And this guy came over and he said, what's wrong with the cake? And I'm like, I'm gonna have to deal with the issue anyway, but I'm like, I'm just hurting for him. No one's eating the cake. And I'm not even really a big cake eater, but I said, I'd love some of your cake. Bring me a slice of this cake so he, like, give me a quarter of it, you know, like a, this huge chunk of it. And it was like every eye in the church was, he's going he's gonna to eat, like, you know, when silence falls and everyone's like, he's, is he going to eat the cake? And like, you know, I had to clear, clear the plate of this blue, wonderful blue cake. Bear that in mind when we head into Luke chapter five. I'm going to start as a at uh, Luke 5, verse 12. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. Let me read it to you. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. 
When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, can you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the, leper, the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that, the crowd, so that crowds of people came to hear and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Another awesome story. They are all awesome, I know that. But let's look a little deeper into this passage. We are told that Jesus is in one of the towns. Why do I mention that? Well, because it's kind of surprising because Luke is the details guy, remember? He wants to give us the finer details that draw attention to the wonderful things. This is a bit vague for Luke, you could say, because he could have told us the exact time, and I'm pretty confident that Luke knew, but what Luke is trying to do is, is kind of get us to the point, to the power, to the moment, the engagement. He doesn't want to distract from the real meaning, the important stuff. He wants to draw us to the stuff that really counts. And so he only tells us about one guy. And he has leprosy. He doesn't even tell us his name because it's kind of insignificant. And another guy called Jesus. There's no mention of the masses of people that were probably following Jesus. He's begun to attract a crowd. And when he walks from one town to another, he is joined by many hundreds. But the place is of little significance. The number of people, the onlookers, the crowd make little mention. Luke wants to draw our attention to Jesus and what he's about to do. A man comes along covered in leprosy. Luke is a doctor, so he knows what leprosy looks like. But actually, this one, it didn't take a genius because it says he is covered in leprosy, head to toe. I have had something that's a little bit like this. I've not had the leprosy, but I had a, an allergic reaction to some antibiotics that caused me to have a full body rash and this like swelling that was in, like almost like half an inch all over my skin. It was disgusting. And I had to go to the doctors, rang the doctors, and, he, and I came in and I went into his surgery and he said, wow, that's, that's impressive. Um, and... <laughs> And he said, I've never seen anything like it. Is it all over your body? And I said, yes. And he said, can you show me? And I'm like, really? So I put my top off and he was like, that's not all of you. And I like, had to strip down like everything. I was like, Gollum, honestly. It was <laughs> disgusting. I'm like, like this. And he said, that is amazing. Can I show my colleagues? <laughs> so he goes... He goes, he goes and gets his colleague, another GP, and he comes in with a girl on work experience, right? By that, I put my clothes back on, and he said, it's an all-over rash. And then I had to take all my clothes off again. This girl on her first day, yeah. <laughs> 
it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. But this man comes along and he's clearly struggling and he would have been shouting because the law said, and the Levitical law, Old Testament law, said that if you've got leprosy, you've got to shout that you are unclean. You've got to identify yourself as unclean. So the words unclean, 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 unclean would have come as, as this guy is making his way towards Jesus. It's worth noting this, that this guy should not have approached. He should not have been coming towards anybody. It was his duty to get away from everybody. The law said he was to isolate himself. He should not have been coming towards anybody. Because the, in the Bible, leprosy seemed to refer to any kind of skin disease, anything visible on the skin, and people were terrified of it. The word leprosy, when translated, came from the word to be defiled. Firstly, it meant that you were a sinner, you were considered unclean. Secondly, you were unwell and diseased. And the Jewish people would thank God that they were not leprous. They would say it in their prayers, thank you God that I am not a leper. See, if you had leprosy, if you were infected and your skin was in any way defiled, then you would lose everything. Like overnight, everything would go. You would lose access to your family. Your job would be done. Your friends would leave you. You were not allowed to worship in the temple. Your respect would go. And ultimately, everything but your life would be lost. You were isolated and alone, rejected by all. It's a lonely and painful place to be. And there is little hope. Like, there's no cure. You're left to just get better on your own. Maybe it will clear up on its own. But often not, and you'd find yourself for life in a lonely and broken and isolated place. I imagine Jesus is surrounded by this group of people. Increasingly, wherever they go, they are hearing the best kind of teaching and they're seeing the best kind of miracles. And so he's kind of surrounded on every side. And, then, and, and maybe as they're walking over the noise becomes this shout, on, clean, on, clean. And, and maybe a few people begin to see. And you imagine the closer that the leper gets, the more the crowd begins to part. He doesn't just pop up in the middle of the crowd like some kind of zombie they see him coming shouting the word on clean and everybody is scared the crowd begins to part parents grab their kids they're trying to get rid of any livestock don't touch anything let him touch nothing maybe a few brave souls would have gone begun to shout to him just go away go clear off what are you doing here Getting rid of him like he's a rodent. Getting rid of him like he's going to kill them. Maybe they remind him of the law. You're not supposed to be in the town. Remember, this is the town. He's supposed to be on the outside. He's supposed to be away from everybody. Maybe they begin to shout the law in his direction. See, this guy could pull down Jesus' ministry in one moment. Maybe they say, go back from where you came from. Maybe they remind him that he's dirty. Maybe they remind him that he's unclean. Listen to your own words. You are unclean. Now go away. You have no right to be here. No right 
to come to Jesus. The crowd parts and the leper sees Jesus. I don't know how he identified Jesus as the one. Maybe he's in the center of the group, but as the crowd parts, he sees Jesus and his response is incredible. He falls on his face. That's a painful thing. That's a humiliating thing. If he wasn't even bearing the humiliation of his sins on his skin, he falls on his face, an act of complete and utter desperation. And he begs Jesus to make him clean. Begging. The desperation of someone begging to be made clean. And then we get this beautiful statement. While he's lying with his face to the ground, he says, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Do you see how unbelievable this statement is? How incredibly humble he is. He says, If you are willing, if you are willing, and then he's faithful. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Notice he doesn't say, if you can, or can you. He's full of faith. If you are willing, you can make me clean. He knows what he needs. He acknowledges his problem. And it's personal. Make me clean. And then the passage says that Jesus reaches out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. <laughs> Come on. I am willing. He said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. This is the central point in the story. This is what Luke wants us to get to. He doesn't want to be distracted by the name of the town or the number of the people. He wants us to get to the nugget, the moment, the power. Jesus, the risk taker. Jesus, the radical. Jesus is awesome. Being simply uh, associated with the leprous man would, would potentially be significantly detrimental. It was dangerous medically. If, if Jesus had got the stuff on his skin, it could have taken him down. It could have taken him out. He could have been joining the lepers that night. He would have defiled him religiously. You can't associate with this kind of sin. He would have been taking on the uncleanness of the leper. He would have had to call himself unclean for the rest of the day. If not the week, he would have had to leave the town. He would have been disregarded socially. He would have faced rejection. By simply touching this man, Jesus made himself dirty, requiring cleansing. But Jesus is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And in this kingdom, the kingdom of our God, Jesus, well, his kingdom is an upside down kingdom where he plays by a new set of rules. Not so long ago, I was uh, at the supermarket in Openshaw, one off, um, Morrison's. And as I came outside, there was a homeless man sat on the floor. Now, that is actually quite unusual for Openshaw. If you were going to go and, and beg for money, you wouldn't, you wouldn't choose a, a supermarket in Openshaw. So kind of surprised and not recognizing the guy, I went and sat with him uh, for a while to kind of learn his story. And uh, he said, you know, he was sofa surfing. He'd kind of come out for a bit of fresh air and was sat outside the supermarket. So 
uh, I began to inquire about, you know, where's your life at and uh, do you work and all this? And he said, I oh, know, I know, I, do, I don't work, I can't work because my body is so broken. Um, and he felt like he needed to prove it to me. So he, he, he um, stripped off his top. So I'm sat with him on the, on the floor and he took off his top and began to show me his wounds. And um, he said, just touch me here. You know someone when they've got like a, a dislocated shoulder or something, they want you to feel it. And so I'm, I was comfortable sitting on the floor. I confess I was okay being associated with a guy who was begging, who looked, uh, you know, who looked like a homeless man. But when he began to unrobe and then want me to, to touch his skin, I was like, suddenly, I was like, this is too far. Like, like you know, the, the guy who has problems with height, I was like, what is, why is this even a problem? You know, he wanted me to hold him while he ma manipulated his shoulder into, and then he was like, see the other one. And, 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 it, and I was like, I, this is so, this is so beyond me. But Jesus... Jesus in this situation, he's like, comes forward and touches. The physical is so important. You know, this is a guy who's been isolated. This is a guy who's found himself on the outside of the town where no one other than other unclean people can associate with him. The physical touch is something he has not encountered for some time. Jesus comes towards and lays his hand upon him. Do you see how incredibly beautiful it is? Do you see how incredibly powerful this moment? It's not like he's got amazingly holy, like magical hands. This is actually, I believe, this is Jesus just saying, you're in. You're welcome. Receive my touch. Jesus responds and approaches. He responds to the humility. He responds to the faithful. And he responds to the sheer desperation. Jesus touches the untouchable. Jesus touches and cleanses the unclean. Jesus touch, touches and heals the sick. Jesus touches and restores the defiled. Jesus touches and rebuilds relationships. Jesus touch brings somebody in. Jesus touch restores families. Jesus touch reinstates respect and re removes stigma. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Jesus tells the healed man to go and present himself to the temple. Why would he bother? Jesus knows he's healed him. The man knows when he looks down that his skin is restored. Why does he need to bother? Well, it's really important because it's about his full restoration. Jesus said, go to the temple that this might be a testimony. See, there's laws and there's regulations. There's things that will define you as ready to worship. Go there as a testimony to the law, that the law can be fulfilled, that people can be restored. Because you know what was happening at the time? People weren't getting restored. Even if their healing might have appeared, if, even if their skin seemed to be better, you still kind of carried the stigma and the mark of one who was unclean. And Jesus is saying, get in there and show them. Be like Sam and the doctor, strip down every bit of like, you know, clothing. Sit there like Gollum and say, look, you won't find mess on me. The law has been fulfilled. Clean 
I stand before you. He was saying, you are free. You are free to worship. You are free to work. You are free and restored to your family. You are free and show them that you've been made clean. There's so much to learn from this. You know, if you're, if you, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, I'll draw our attention to being like Christ, that we need to be the people that respond to the lepers and the outcasts and bring them in. And this is so important. If we follow Jesus the King, if we consider ourselves part of his kingdom, his upside down kingdom, then we need to be those who are willing to come forward and touch the untouchables, willing to be those who clean the unclean and heal the sick in Jesus' name. We need to be those who look to restore families, reunite those who have broken relationships, reinstate respect and remove the stigmas that people carry. But as I was preparing this, I began to think about who I am. You know, we often write ourselves into the story as being like Jesus. So I'll be the Jesus in the story, but maybe it's worth considering ourselves in the shoes of the leper. See, leprosy is a real great image of what sin is like. It's loathsome, it's destructive, It's infectious, humanly incurable. It strips people of their families and their friends. It destroys communities. It takes away people's jobs and their respect. If you don't believe its power, then look around and ask some stories. Sometimes we convince ourselves that this doesn't apply to us. Sometimes we think we're like the Pharisees or like the Jews who thank God we're not like the leper, but see yourself as a leper this morning. We are the rejected, the wounded, the dirty, and the defiled. But we have a choice this morning on how we respond. Are we going to be those who remain outside the camp and isolated? Or will we we be those who walk towards Christ? Who come towards him even though we do not deserve to? Come towards him even though we have no right? Are we the desperate Are we those willing to throw ourselves on our faces, humiliate ourselves before Christ, humble in our approach? Are we those who are going to be full of faith, who can look into the eyes of Jesus and say, if you are willing, you can, you can make me clean. Do you know the problem of sin in your life? Do you see the destructive nature of it? Some of you will know what I'm talking about. Some of you maybe this morning feel like you've been defiled. Maybe you feel unclean. Maybe you feel like you're wounded and damaged. Maybe you feel rejected by society or rejected by your family. Maybe you even feel rejected by your colleagues. Maybe you feel like an outcast. I don't know about you, but there's times when I feel so dirty, so broken, that times of worship are hard. You know, we begin to sing songs and I'm like, I cannot do this. It's like my words struggle to come from my mouth. It's like they they can't get past the ceiling. But today, if we come to Christ and say, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. We can be confident of this, that the words in response 
to our humility will be, I am willing, be clean. The word of God to you this morning, the words of Christ to you today are, I am willing, be clean. I am willing, be clean. Unclean, unclean, the leper said. Unclean, unclean, the leper said. But the words of Christ are, be clean. You know, the leper that day left, I'm pretty confident, singing and dancing. A new song where his mantra daily, everywhere he walked, would have been unclean, unclean. That day he would have left singing, I've been made clean. I am clean. I am clean. He touches the leper with compassion and says, be clean. Christ is our hope. In his kingdom, Jesus brings the outsider in. In his kingdom, he makes all things new. We sang it this morning. He makes all things clean. Jesus dies to redeem, dies to restore, dies to renew. You'll have heard this passage. I'm confident of that across the Easter period from Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. See how he's isolated, see how he's pushed out. Yet in our weaknesses, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of, 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 of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word like a lamb uh, led to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. When Christ touches us, he takes upon himself our leprosy. He becomes the unclean. He becomes the dirty, the disregarded, the socially excluded, the broken, the wounded, the sick and the shameful. Like a leper, he was forced out of the city to die upon a cross so that we might live, so that we might be free to worship, so that we might be free and welcomed in, so that we might be free and fully restored, so that we might be free and healed. Jesus, the clean, becomes the unclean. Jesus, the clean, that becomes the dirty. I hope this morning you'll pray with me that prayer. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Lord, if you're willing. Thank you for your willingness. Thank you that you're willing, Lord. And that your will is to do good. That your will is to heal and that your will is to restore, and that your will is to make all things new. Thank you that your words have power, 
And that when you tell us we are clean, we are clean. When you tell us we are free, we are free indeed. Lord, this morning, don't just make us aware of our brokenness and our sin, but make us aware of your power and your willingness to take from us the worst of who we are. Thank you that you take it upon yourself and thank you that you take it and nail it to a cross. Lord, this morning we receive the cleansing of the righteous one. Thank you. Today we are made new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. 